0: Welcome to Photo Taco, the only show with photography tips you can learn in the time it takes to eat a taco. Or perhaps a burrito. Photo Taco! Hey everybody, welcome into another episode of Photo Taco. I'm your host, Jeff Harmon. Thanks so much for spending a few minutes of your day with me. In this episode, I'm going to provide the current state of Adobe updates as of March 2018. And I'm going to walk through the basic steps of good memory card hygiene. Hopefully, that's going to be something that's helpful to everybody. As you're listening to this episode here, we're only 12 short days away from the Create Photography Retreat in Charleston, South Carolina. I am so excited to have the chance to meet some of you listeners and have 100% focus on photography for a few days. As a hobbyist photographer, I just don't get that chance very often, and I'm really looking forward to it. If you're going to the retreat, be sure to stop me. Say hi. I want to meet as many of you as I possibly can while I'm not rushing off to other retreat activities. I'd love to stop and talk with you. If you're not going to the retreat this year, stay tuned for information on where the event will be held in 2019. We announced it the last day, the last uh, moment of the conference in 2017 of where the 2018 conference is going to be held. And uh, so you can get some word on that soon on 2019. Over the past several weeks, I've seen a lot of questions in the Facebook group, which by the way, quick aside, you could join the Facebook group, going to facebook.com and searching for improve photography podcast. And that, uh, you know, to keep the bots and the scammers out, you do have to answer a question. You have to tell us the name of a host of a podcast on the Improved Photography Network, and I'd love for you to put my name in there. I love seeing my name come up when I'm approving those people to join the group. Jeff Harmon, again, if you didn't catch that at the top of the show. So answer one of the questions with one of the hosts from the Improved Photography Network, and we'll let you right in. But there are a lot of listeners who wait on my go-ahead, on the safety of updating Adobe products before they do that, so that they can avoid downtime that they just can't afford is there's almost no worse productivity killer for a photographer who's got a timeline to meet and delivering photos out to clients than to have problems with Lightroom or Photoshop or their computer in some way. And so they kind of wait for my go ahead, my word to say, yes, it's clear or no, you really don't want to do that. So I've had lots of questions in the Facebook group. So I thought I'd take a minute here on this episode of Photo Taco and give you the very current status. All right, so here we are in March 2018, and Adobe most recently updated Lightroom Classic CC to version 7.2. The Classic CC is that desktop version. You remember they made the change late in 2017 where Lightroom CC is now kind of the mobile version they brought to the desktop computer, and they changed the Lightroom that we've been using for years now to be called Lightroom Classic CC. So they, they released a version 7.2 in February of 2018, and they had more of a specific emphasis in this release on better utilizing multiple cores in a computer. So it's kind of, if people have spent quite a bit of money or, or a fair amount of money on a computer, they often have many cores, many CPUs that are inside the computer, and Lightroom almost ignored them <laughs> up until this update. It helped a little bit in some areas, but it almost, almost ignored them. It made it so that the investment that photographers were making in their computers wasn't really being utilized very well by Lightroom. And they wanted to address that, and this is kind of the first step in that. There's plans, Adobe said, to do some more work in this area. But this release was the first one they worked, they got with Intel. If you heard the uh, Photo Taco podcast with Victoria Bampton in February 2018, kind of got a preview of that. That that was expected to be released. It has been released. And if your computer has more than 12 gigabytes of RAM, then the import and export should be faster if you have multiple cores in your computer. Along with uh, the speed of moving between photos in loop view, it's kind of the view where you're seeing a single photo as large as possible in the software, kind of the opposite of the grid view is the loop view. And so switching between photos in that loop view will go faster, as well as creating HDR images or stitching panoramas. They also added a few little things, uh, feature updates to collections management and filtering capabilities features I really like and I find helpful since I'm a big user of collections and I can now filter to find the photos I've made changes to. But this was really more of an emphasis on uh, taking advantage of those multiple cores in a computer and and improving the performance there. I'm happy to say that the performance in 7.2 is improved in those areas as they promised and enough that uh, photographers with multiple cores in their computers should really see a change in import and export in particular. That's, that's where I've seen the most speed up, and it's, it's been very nice and a very welcome change. Um, it's not the coal module that I've been asking for, but Adobe over the past 12 to 18 months, um, I've been asking them for a coal module. But Lightroom does now support an embedded previews workflow and it makes culling significantly faster regardless of the size of the RAW file, which is really, really cool. It's fast enough, I, I have to say it comes close, not it's not, it's not the same, okay? I, it will never be the same, but it comes close to photomechanic speeds. Now there's caveats to using this workflow. It's not straightforward. You can't just have it work, which is why I think they really need a cull module still but I'm going to be presenting at this, this workflow at the retreat. And uh, in the very first session, after the opening keynote, I'm going to be giving a presentation on making Lightroom fast. I'm going to go through what you have to do to leverage this workflow. So be sure to check it out if you're at the retreat. And for those of you that aren't going to the retreat, fear not, this is going to be the photo talk episode coming up in April, 2018. I'm going to walk you through kind of the requirements and how it is you go through this embedded previews workflow and can really speed up culling in particular. I can also put my full support, give the the Photo Taco seal of approval on Lightroom version 7.2. The most current version of the software, as you're hearing this in March 2018, is good to go. I will put a link to the brief description of the new features in the show notes if you're interested in checking out those changes to collections and filtering as well. Now let's talk about Lightroom's big brother, Photoshop. Adobe most recently updated Photoshop CC 2018 to version 19.1 in January of 2018. Mostly bug fixes uh, with that release. Uh, Over 40 changes made in response to like the top customer reported issues. But unfortunately, I can't recommend this update. In fact, I can't recommend the update just before that, that Adobe put out in November 2017 in version 19.0.1 of Photoshop CC 2018 due to massive memory leak issues that's causing the application to be unstable and crash. It's doing it to me, it's also doing it to a lot of photographers. There's threads in the Adobe forums of a lot of photographers saying that there's significant issues. It's not affecting everybody, there are some that are just fine. But it might have something to do with specific Nvidia cards and we're not really sure Yet, um, that does seem to be kind of a common thread. And it might be more on the Windows side than on the Mac side, though I am seeing it on Mac as well. So anyway, being a hobbyist photographer, uh, you know, I can usually deal with a little instability and work around issues with releases. I tend to kind of just stick with them. I want to use the new features that are there. And if stuff crashes, I'm not on a deadline, usually not on a deadline with clients to get images back to them and everything. So I can deal with a little bit of stability issues, but the issues with this, these two releases of 1901 and 19.1 of Photoshop CC 2018, they're tough enough. I had to roll back. I I had to finally get some work finished. I had to get some photos processed and I couldn't do it under those versions. So I had to roll back to version 19.0 of Photoshop CC 2018. That was released back in October 2017 after their Adobe Max conference. And even with that version, I am tending to run into like memory issues on my custom built Windows PC that has 32 gig of RAM inside the computer. Um, I'm running into that more than in prior versions, where either Photoshop will say it can't do something because it doesn't have enough memory, or if I try to open a new tab in Chrome, Chrome will say, sorry, I can't open a new tab. There's not enough memory. So Photoshop's consuming a bunch of memory. It just doesn't seem as efficient with the memory in uh, in Photoshop CC 2018 as it was in prior versions. So if, if you don't have a lot of memory in your computer, you might, want to, you might consider rolling back to Photoshop CC 2017, um, version 18.1.1, that was released back in April 2017, where these issues seem to be far less. You don't need as much memory to run Photoshop in that previous version. All right, in the second half of this episode, I wanna go over the hygiene that I recommend to give you the very best chance of avoiding memory card corruption problems. But first, I need to thank the sponsor of this episode, improvephotographyplus.com. If you enjoy the podcast on the Improve Photography Network like I do, then you really have to check out the resources available to you when you subscribe to improvephotographyplus.com. Subscribers to the site recently got access to the first three parts of a seven-part series of Jim's Seriously Good Creative Photography with Scale Models. It's training videos. That resulted from Jim spending some time with Felix Hernandez, which if you haven't seen Felix's photos, you've got to just Google search Felix Hernandez and you'll I'm sure he'll be one of the first things that comes up. He takes scale models, just plastic toy cars, and he makes them look absolutely real in photos. It's an incredible thing, something I I, w- I want to try my hand at at some point. When I have some time, maybe this summer I'll I'll have some time to to go and do that. It all comes to life though in these training videos and you can only get that content by subscribing to improvephotographyplus.com. You can start a free 14-day trial today and it gives you unlimited access to everything on the site and then we're sure you want to stick around at only $19.95 a month to keep your access to this valuable resource. So head over to improvephotographyplus.com and sign up today. All right, now let's get to the last topic of this episode, and let's talk about good hygiene for your memory cards. It might sound a little funny to say it that way, but I've been giving some advice regarding memory cards in other ways in the past on Photo Taco and in Facebook groups, and in just talking with photographers. And I'm sure I've offered this same advice uh, in the past. But listener Kieran Metcalf asked a question on a Facebook group recently that made me decide I should review the good hygiene steps here on Photo Taco again, reiterate them, maybe put it a little different wording. I don't think I've said it exactly this way before, but here's what Karen asked. She said, I've heard slash read in various places recently that some folk prefer to remove the SD card and plug it into the computer to transfer images into Lightroom, as opposed to connecting the camera via USB. Is there a reason why one way is better than the other? So Karen, first off, thanks so much for for, uh, for participating, that's easy for me to say, for, for participating in the Facebook group and in the IP community in general. We really like it when we have listeners that pose honest questions and um, it's a safe place to do that. We, uh, we try really hard to uh, not allow negative things to come in there or people to say, geez, I can't believe you've asked questions like that. We see multiple questions on the same topics. It's a good way indicator for us that we need to review something too. So, Karen, thank you for asking the question. The first and most important reason that I do recommend you do that very thing of removing the card from your camera rather than connecting a USB cable to your camera is performance. Now, it's changing somewhat in some of the most recent camera bodies. This might not hold true if you have a a newer like 2016, 17, 18 camera. But in general, the connection that the, your, com- your camera makes to the computer through USB cable is gonna be far slower than you would get if you have a good reader connected to the computer. A good USB 3.0 memory card reader in a USB 3.0 or higher port on your computer, it's gonna be much, much faster than connecting a USB cable to your camera significantly faster. It's going to save you a ton of time. You won't have to wait nearly as long for those photos to copy off your, your uh, card to your computer if you put it in a nice, fast reader. Um, and I'll give you a recommendation on a card reader just before ending the show. The second reason to take the card out of the camera to transfer photos is battery life. Uh, you're asking the CPU in your camera to do a lot of work if you connect it via USB to your computer. And um, if you pull the photos off the way it'll work, it'll be slower, like I've already said, but it'll also use a lot of battery. And so you can save your battery life by using a card reader, taking the card out. Now, though I can see some logic to not wanting to take that memory card out of the camera, uh, I can see where you, you might think, well, there's going to be less wear and tear on that card if I leave it in the camera. If I don't take it in and out, in and out, in and out, there's not going to be as much wear on that card. And that's absolutely true. It's very, very true. But again, the performance uh, improvements that you get and the battery life are good reasons. And I just, I really recommend you take it out of the camera, even though it might add a little more wear and tear, but that's going to go into our good hygiene that we're going to talk about. And speaking of that, there's a definite process I recommend for doing this. That's why I thought of this as I was answering this question out on the Facebook group. I thought, boy, you know, I'm not sure I have actually outlined in detail the process that I recommend you follow in order to reduce the chances that you're going to like corrupt the card or lose photos on the card. And there's definitely some steps you need to follow to give yourself the best chance. It doesn't mean that if you don't follow these steps, I'm gonna outline right now that you're guaranteed to have problems, because you're not. Um, You can even go for a long, long time, even if you don't follow these steps, and not have an issue. I'm just telling you that if you will follow these steps, the chances that you're gonna have an issue decrease, they go down. Doesn't mean it's impossible, I mean, you could still end up having a memory card that goes bad, having issues with your photos on the memory card. But these steps that I'm gonna outline, they make it the best chance possible. Hopefully that makes sense. All right, so let's go through these steps. Number one, you gotta turn off the camera. You never, 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 did I say it enough there? You never want to take that memory card out of your camera with it turned on. You just don't wanna do that. Your camera has been engineered to work on the assumption that so long as the camera's on and the memory card's in there, it can do whatever it needs with the card. It means it can write pieces to the card and then do something else and then write more to the card. It can. It's assuming that it has constant access to the card as long as the camera is on. It's been designed to work that way. And if you yank it out while the camera's on, you are increasing the chances that you're gonna have something go wrong with that card. Significantly increasing the chances. You just don't wanna do that. Don't take the card out without first turning the camera off. All right, step number two, you need to wait five seconds. And I mean, it's kind of just gonna be reinforcing rule number one about you have to to turn the camera off first. Um, When you turn the camera off, it still could have some stuff it needs to do to finish up writing to the card. And even though you switched it off, it may not have actually switched itself fully off yet. It might be writing information to the card or other things, but it it could be writing information out to the card. And if it's trying to do that and you again yank the card out before it's finished, you at the least may lose a photo that it didn't have time, it didn't have access to the card because you yanked it out. Uh, you, You may lose a photo at the worst. You could corrupt the entire card because you pulled it out too fast. Even though you turned the camera off, you just need to give it some 5 seconds is that what my advice is. Give it 5 seconds, just count out those 5 Mississippi's before you take the card out. Give the camera a chance to make sure it's completely finished in writing that card. You may even want to to get in the habit and train yourself to kind of look at the camera slot. There's usually a light that's near the camera slot that uh, turns on when the camera is writing to the card or reading from the card. Whenever it's accessing the card, that light turns on. And the best thing you could do is watch that, especially after you hit the switch to off, watch the light and wait for five seconds after the light stops being on just that will give you like you're, you're almost guaranteed. It's the best way to guarantee that you have, uh, you're not removing the card with the camera, trying to access it. And it's good hygiene to be able to do that. And uh, again, reduces your chances of having corruption of any kind happen. All right. So those are the first two steps. And honestly, probably the very most important of the, of these steps, but I have a few more. Uh, number three, carefully remove the card, and carefully put the card into the the computer reader. Now, this is especially true with SD cards. They're so little and thin, it's not that hard to crack it apart by pulling it out at an angle or jamming it into the card slot at an angle. You can really damage them pretty easily. Um, they seem to be uh, very resistant to like weather and water and, and a lot of things like that and, and not have a problem, but boy, you can crack them apart and, and cause it to be an issue, cause it to be tough to put it into a reader once it's cracked apart. It's, a, it's just good hygiene mm-hmm. to make sure you're, you're really careful as you're removing it and as you're putting it in. Um, The place I've seen it really kind of be the problem the most is there's a little itty bitty piece of plastic in between the copper pins that are on the SD cards. And boy, if that, when that, those things tend to like pop free from the card and then it gets really hard to put it into a card slot. So I, I inspect those actually almost every time I take an SD card out of my camera. I take a look at those little plastic thing, little plastic dividers between the pins, see if any of them are, seem to be separated away from the card or bending. If they are, then I might try to actually break that little tiny piece of plastic in between the pins off. And that's going to be the last time I'm going to use it. I'll stick it in my card reader on the computer. Or I may try to put it in the computer first and then just take the card out of service. But if I can't get it in because one of those little plastic pieces is kind of loose, then I can try to break off that little itty-bitty plastic piece between the pins and put it in the the computer, read it one last time, and then get rid of the card. It's time to be done with that card and replace it. All right, so that's number three. Carefully remove the card and carefully put it in the, the card reader. Number four Okay, I lied. First two steps were not the most important. This this could be the most important. Number 4 is use a good reader. I know it's so tempting to go buy a $5 all-in-one card reader from Amazon and just like put them everywhere. Get tons of them and stick them all over in your office, stick them all over in your in your camera bag just so that you have one with you all the time. It's it's terrible when you have no memory card reader, and you can't actually do anything because you left it at home or you left it somewhere else and and you don't have it with you and you have no way of getting the the photos onto your computer. It's terrible, I hate that. But it is not worth the $5 that you'd spend on those card readers to get one of those cheap ones. Um, At the best, they're gonna be slow. That's the, the best case scenario is these really cheap card readers are gonna be super slow. And at the worst, they may destroy your photos on the card, they may destroy your card, or they may do both, destroy the card and the photos. I've had many listeners reach out to me over the years with questions about strange looking images that they got in Lightroom or in a panic because the wedding they just shot is on a card that the computer says it can't read. Now, a good portion of the time, all these issues are resolved simply by getting a good quality card reader. And that doesn't mean it has to be super expensive. Uh, as a hobbyist photographer and a hobbyist budget, I always try to recommend the, the price to performance gear, stuff that really performs well at a reasonable price. And it doesn't mean cheapest, but hopefully it doesn't mean most expensive. In this case, it doesn't. The one I recommend is the Kingston Digital USB 3.0 Super Speed multi Reader. And it's model fcr HS4. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. That's the one I've been using for many years now. It's one that has performed extremely well over at Jeff Steinward's really good camera website. Which incidentally, you should go check that out. If you if you want to figure out like the best memory cards you should be using with your specific camera and really good readers that uh, perform very well, then you need to go check it out. He has really good testing processes and, and good information on how you can find the best combination of memory cards and card readers for your camera to, to be able to, to get the most performance possible. Um, that card reader, the Kingston card reader, FCR HS4, it's only $17 on Amazon. So, yep, okay, it's $17 and not 5 but I promise you, the extra twelve dollars are going to be really, really worthwhile. I've had it for a long time. It's been super rock solid, um, and it's it's just a really good one. So you don't take my word for it. You can go to go over to Jeff Steinward's excellent site again, cameramemoryspeed.com, and check out what he has to say about memory card readers and and pick one if, even if it's not that one for yourself. All right, so good card reader is really important. Uh, number five. Copy the files from the card to your computer using Finder on on Mac or Windows Explorer on Windows. Now, you need to notice I didn't say move the files, and I didn't say that you should use Lightroom to do this. Now, I know it sounds silly, and it isn't that you're guaranteed, again, to have problems if you don't do it this way, but if you move the photos from the card to the computer, which means you copy the photo to the computer and then you delete the photos from the card, it's just not good hygiene to do that. It's, we, we want to limit the number of times we write to that memory card. The, there's a, a finite number of times you can write to the memory card. It will wear out. Guaranteed, it will wear out. There's, there's only so many times you can write to the card. So to make it last as long as possible, you want to limit how many times you write to the memory card. And if you do a delete from your computer, you're writing to that memory card more than you need to. You just don't need to do that. And so it's good hygiene processes to copy, only copy the photos from the memory card to your computer. Don't move them. It's good enough. Hygiene Lightroom actually won't even let you do this. If you've noticed, when you if you use Lightroom to copy your your photos over, it doesn't do it doesn't have any other option but add if the source is a memory card and it's for the very same reason. It's not good hygiene. Now, I don't recommend using Lightroom to do this process, and that's it's mainly performance reasons. I don't know what Adobe has done to make it so that the copy function from a memory card to the hard drive goes slower, but boy, did it. It was very obviously slower as I've done testing in the past with it. I'm told that it's improved in version 7.2, the most very, the most current release of Lightroom, but I still don't want to do it. There's also been a history of bugs related to this, where if you copy, um, you through Lightroom, the photos don't make it. <laughs> they are not on the card or, or they may be on the card still, but they don't make it to your hard drive. Um, there's been issues and bugs with that in the past. That's not the case with Windows Explorer or Finder. Those have been around forever. They have one job, they do it very well. And so just, I guess for safety reasons now, if 7.2 does have better performance, then you want to do a copy yourself in Finder or or Windows Explorer. Um, But also for performance reasons, at least in the past, it's been a, a very big, big difference. So good hygiene, copy the photos from the memory card to the computer yourself, using Finder on Mac or Windows Explorer on Windows. Don't use Lightroom for that. All right, number six. And I'll mention this step here for those who want to make sure they have a three-two-one one backup. If you don't know what that is, then you need to do a Google search for ultimate backup workflow for photographers. Um, and it's my article on the topic over at improvephotography.com. I wrote it several years ago, but not anything really has changed in that strategy or, or what to do there. So um, I'll put a link to it in the show notes as well. I'm not going to go into any more than that here, but if you want to follow that, you need to copy it to another place besides the hard drive that you just put it onto. Uh, probably best if, if it's possible to have it be to the cloud, but it could be to like a NAS system or um, a Drobo with like direct attack storage, some other place. It could be just a second hard drive, but uh, having it in at least those two spots is a good step to do here. It's good hygiene to do that. Number seven, eject the memory card using Finder or Explorer. So if you're a Mac user, you're probably pretty well aware of this, how much Mac OS like whines at you when you physically remove a card without ejecting it in Finder. And there's good reason for it. Much like I told you with steps one and two and not taking that memory card out of the camera until you are sure that the camera is done using the card, Same sort of thing with it in your computer. Your computer assumes it can have full access to that card for as long as it's in the computer. And the way that you tell your computer that you want to take the card out is ejecting the card. In Finder, it's just to the right of the, the icon or the card in Finder. There's a little eject button there. You hit that, it's pretty quick. It releases the card, and then you can. It even says you can safely remove it. Same thing is there in Windows, just Windows doesn't complain about it like it like the Mac does. I wish it did because it's good hygiene to follow this process. But you can either uh, use the system icon tray in the lower right-hand corner of Windows, and and click on the, the USB icon, and then eject the card, or you can open up Windows Explorer and right-click on the card and say eject. Either way, you want you want to make sure in both Mac and Windows that you eject the card through the software. Tell the computer that you need it to be done with the card before you physically remove it. It's just good hygiene. Doesn't mean you're guaranteed to have problems if you don't follow this. And I, I bet a bunch of you Mac users are saying, yeah, I know it whines about it, but I still just yank it out. I don't go eject it. If you want to decrease your chances of having problems, you should eject it before you take it out physically remove it from the card reader. All right, number eight, format the card in the camera. After you copied the photos to your computer and you've carefully put the card back into the memory slot, you've ejected it and you put the card in the memory slot, then you should turn on the camera and immediately go and format the card in the camera. Now, you don't have to do a low-level format here. A quick format is just fine, but this will kind of get things fresh, reset so that you can use every available memory space on the card for your next photo shoot. It's a really fast way and the good hygiene way to make it so that your card's completely free and ready for that next shoot. What is not good hygiene is to go through the card and delete the photos one at a time in your camera. It's also not good hygiene, which you already said, to delete the photos while the card is in the computer. Also not good hygiene to format the card using the computer. You want to format it using your camera. Your camera is expecting the card to be set up in a very specific format. And so even if you format it on the computer and then you stick it in the camera, your camera is going to kind of do a quick level format to set up the directory structures in the way that it's expecting things to be on the card. And so it's going to do that anyway. And if you do it on the computer, you're wasting some of those precious writes to that memory card and that you just don't want to waste. So good hygiene is eject the card from the computer, put the card carefully back into the camera, turn it on and immediately go through the menus and format the card to erase it and uh, and get it all freed up for your next photo shoot. All right, so those are the basic steps. I'll go through them one real quick time without talking through it. One, turn off camera. Two, wait for five seconds. Three, carefully remove the card and carefully insert in the card reader. Four, use a good, high quality card reader. Five, copy the files from the card reader to your camera using Finder or on Mac or Windows Explorer on Windows 6 back up to a second hard drive or a second location beside your main computer hard drive number seven eject the card using finder or explorer before you physically remove it from the computer card reader and number eight carefully put the card back into the camera and immediately use the menus to format the card if you follow those steps you dramatically reduce the likelihood that you're going to corrupt your card or lose photos from your photo shoot and uh, I guess the, the other thing to say is it's really good to track the use the SD cards or the, the memory cards that you use over time, and don't use them for more than three years. That really just improves, <laughs> increases the likelihood. The longer you use the card, the more likely it is that at some point you're going to hit that limit on the number of writes that the card can, can have. And uh, so if you shoot a lot, it might even be less than three years. But three years, it's time to replace that card. All right, that's it. That's all the time we have for this episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. And as a quick reminder, you can suggest topics for the show through the Improve Photography Pod- Podcast Facebook group, through Instagram, you can message at Podcast, or through email. The address is phototacopodcast at gmail.com. No question is too basic or too complicated for the show. If I don't know the answer to the question, I frequently don't, then I'll see either see about bringing an expert guest on the show, like uh, awesome Victoria Bampton, who joined me in February 2018, or I will research it until I become an expert on the topic. Uh, Also, be sure to head over to the mothership, the place that makes this all possible. You need to visit improvephotography.com. There's constant updates of articles on news, on gear, and photo tips like crazy that come every single day over at improvephotography.com. It is the best way to improve your photography. Views expressed on this program by independent host guests, and callers do not necessarily reflect their views of Improved Photography LLC or its advertisers. Some links mentioned on this program are affiliate links where a permission is earned. Olay!